and we were homeschooled um, for the most part. And uh, we had a church. My father was a non-denominational pastor of a church, um, pretty much in kind of like the hood, like the um, inner city, right down the street from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in Indianapolis, Indiana. So I have very vivid recollections of going out and handing out tracks to the hookers like the night before the race, because that was where you would find the most people of sinners to go minister to, evangelize. So for me, the idea of um, what I think that a lot of people are really struggling with is this idea of like the world sort of crashing around them, right? Mm -hmm. Feeling like the world is uh, real or perceived this idea with COVID and everything else, this idea of feeling like the world is crashing around you. Mm -hmm. And the idea that, like, everything is not what it seems, right? And, you know, nobody, the people you thought you could trust to give you real information, media, your pastor, fill in the blank, your president, I don't know, uh, you may not be able to actually trust to give you real information. And so for me, I um, I said, like, I feel like I, I'm here for America because I've been there before. And I was only nine the first time that my world crashed around me. And I realized um, that the people who were supposed to be feeding me truth um, were not feeding me truth and were really, really bad people. And um, that I should probably figure out a different way to like navigate the world because trusting the people who I should trust was probably not the best solution. Um, with the church. Should I go into what that exactly means? Great. So here's the, here's the, here's the quick version. So basically I, and again, I just want to also be very clear that I'm very, I understand that memory is imperfect. And so my memory is my memory, um, from a very young person's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that I remember it is this. Uh, my father decided, got, I'm sorry, my father decided to take a sabbatical. Um, a sabbatical is like a long vacation Mm -hmm. where they keep paying you. And so (laughs) they, they gave him three months. I remember, I don't know. I may have just made that up three months Mm -hmm. sabbatical over the sabbatical. Uh, my father felt God was telling him then it was time for him to step down and not be the pastor of Jesus is the word church anymore. And he was supposed to sell Melaleuca. I don't know if God told him to sell Melaleuca, but it was definitely part of the thing to go sell Melaleuca. If you're not familiar, Melaleuca is like mm-hmm. a great MLM tea tree oil based right. product. Oh, is that one of the ones that what's his face done? So we had this thing. My parents had this thing. We had this thing at our house called the gathering. And the gathering was basically like the elders of the church, right? Mm-hmm. The elders. Um, I don't know that we had like elders and deacons per se, like written out. I know they had like some accountable leadership, but like, but like the gathering, okay? And then the like, um, huh? The in circle. Yeah. The council, yeah. I don't know the gathering. I don't know why the fuck yeah. they call it. Like it's so creepy that they called it that too. Anyway, so ominous. Like why would you call it that? So I always like had to babysit for all the kids. I was part okay. of the, I was in charge. Cause like I'm PK, right. I'm me. Like I'm in charge of the babysitting. So yeah. all, so, so there was, I don't remember, but like at some point, you know, he had to have told the gathering that, that God told him this. And then they were like, okay, cool. So great. They started to look for a new pastor so that my dad could go do Melaleuca. Like God told him to. Mm-hmm. 
And so at some point, I don't know if, I don't know if Mel Luca didn't work. I don't, I don't know what exactly the circumstances were, but at some point God changed God's mind <laughs> and told my dad that actually he should go back and still be the pastor of that church that he just stopped being the pastor of. Mm-hmm. So I like if you quit a job and then you're like, actually, I would like my job back. <laughs> God, and so to be clear, the gathering are people that I've known and loved, like, some of like want like push me like at sure. my birth right like yeah. my whole fucking life okay totally. love them like I anyway and right. so um they were like did God get confused the first time or the second time because right. now we're a little confused and also right. we have actually already started like the pastor churching look pastor searching so my daddy called in a prophet friend. To come in. Right. And clarify. And clarify the God's message. Right. And so I remember the gathering where I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that there, I knew the prophet dude was in, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like babysitting the kids. And then I swear to God, dude, when the gathering was over and like the, the, it dispersed, the people came out of the room. Mm -hmm. Like it was the most solemn everybody just like got their kids nobody was talking right. people's like they had been crying like it was yeah. like it was like somebody had fucking like we were it was it was awful it was right. probably for me listening like more traumatic than when my parents said they were getting divorced like there i was like thank right. god like this but this was pre that right so like my parents yeah. like it was still like that was i'm like what is happening and then my dad got to tell us that all of these people that we've known and loved our entire lives are of the fucking devil. And we're not, mm-hmm. they're not, they are now of the devil. And so as a nine-year-old, I was like, bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, yeah, right. Like, I don't like, yeah. hold on, bro. Like, you're just going to tell me like right. everybody who's loved me my entire life is now of the devil. Right. Because you want to go be the pastor instead of, like, I don't, like, that's not, this doesn't make sense. That's very confusing. It's also very confusing because, like, who is God? Where is God in all of this? Because now, like, the people are of the devil. God is not real. My dad is a fucking monster. Like, let me the fuck out of this cage, except for I can't do anything. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm just a kid in right. this like experience. Mm-hmm. It was awful. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. However, yeah. my trauma leads to my testimony, and mm-hmm. so I feel adequately prepared to guide other people through those experiences right. of worlds crashing down, mm-hmm. of not feeling like feeling like everybody has abandoned and mm-hmm. um, worse than abandoned, like what is traitored you? I don't know, mm-hmm. like treasoned the like. Mm-hmm. Just awful feelings, right? right? And I think that a lot of people, like, it, they're bad feelings that people naturally would struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, yeah, I've been, it was, I understand that. I absolutely understand that sort of, like, that sort of pain. did it was uh pretty intimidating i'm not gonna lie i walked up and i was just like i had never done anything like it before so i was just like i don't even know what to do and luckily some guy just 
still a little too close for a second. I was like, got him. I'm going to talk to this guy. Uh, so it came to my attention through Facebook. Uh, I saw posts about people being upset because they canceled the rally at the AM Vets building. Uh, I They were like, we will call the cops if you guys try to throw this rally at our building. And so people got mad and I found out it ended up being at the, uh, the trail yard or the rail yard coffee place down there over on Pershing. I saw that they the, about the cancellation and all the uh, all the troops cried. <laughs> they were so sad. I like. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a partisan thing. I think they were just like, "Hey, we can't just have political events here." Like, sorry guys. Right. Uh, I I thought you know I wanted to go check it out. Um, I've been watching a lot of like I said, uh, all gas no breaks. I think what he's doing is really cool. Uh, and I felt like trying my hand at it. Yeah. Uh, I decided to go show up. Um, I try my best not to wear like black block just in case they were like Antifa media. Um, so you, uh, you kind of went with like some questions in mind and stuff. Like what was your intent when you, when you, uh, decide, like, what were you hoping to get out of it? Uh, I wanted to kind of get an insight of what people think, or say off of Facebook in a less anonymous setting, you know? Um, I also didn't want to come across as like confrontational. I didn't want to try to challenge them on their views. I kind of just wanted to give them a chance to say whatever they felt comfortable saying, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, which proved very difficult because <laughs> they say very, very stupid things. And I just have to be like, well, you know this, how do you feel about this? And they caught on pretty quick that I wasn't one of them. My mask definitely gave me away, I think, because, I mean, the two or three people that were that even had one, they, you know, it was on their chin. They had their little chin diaper going on. Um, that was one of the main things that stood out was, like, people really wanted to talk about the mask. And, like, one guy just got so heated because he said, like, oh, well, you know, it's aerosolized, right? Do you know what aerosolized means? And I was like, yeah, what do you, what do you think it means? <laughs> and he was like, it's in the air. It's carried by the air. And I was like, well, I mean, what's carrying it in the air? And I think he thought it was like literally oxygen molecules or something like that, not droplets of water. And they love to say that like, oh, well, my mask is just incubating it. So I'm getting sicker or I'm spreading it more effectively because the mask is trapping it. So it's like, I mean, is the mask trapping it or is it not stopping the particles at all? Like, I wish you guys would kind of get on the same page on this. All I heard was particle sizes and Venezuela. Like that's all anybody talked to me about when I showed up. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. it. It's very, it feels good when like you literally can't get a word in edgewise with these people because they just have so many ignorant things that they like, they know to just spout off right at the first sign of confrontation. Um, well, of course, you know, they, they never have anything like specific to point to because all I got was like, I was like, oh, what do you what what makes you most excited about Trump? And, you know, you get the same like, well, he's done so much for America. You know, he's followed through on all of his campaign promises. Uh, he's done so much for the black community, you know, they because they know like you're ready to challenge him on it. But I mean, the second I say like, well, what has he done? Like, what can you point to that? Like he's actually accomplished that has made your life better. And they just don't go towards it. They Every single time I asked a direct question, it got deflected towards like, well, Biden did this. Well, Biden said that. You know what I mean? They really don't have anything solid to point to in defense of their guy. 
they only have attacks against somebody else because they're reactionaries, you know? Um, yeah, like I said, Venezuela was a big one because I did mention that, like, well, you know, I am for more left ideals. I'm for, like, the empowerment of the working class. Uh, and now, because of Donald Trump and his rhetoric, just saying working class is automatically a socialist dog whistle, you know? So these people are like, oh, so you love socialism, huh? And it's like, well, I mean, I've, I've tried to avoid actually saying the word around these people because mm-hmm. because of their indoctrination. They, it's it's just such a diversion. Revulsion. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, once I started getting challenged on, like, even saying working class, it's like, man, these people are just too far gone. I was like, uh, well, what do you know about Venezuela? And they were like, well, it used to be one of the richest countries in the world until, uh, you know, they started going socialist. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure there were zero external factors in that. I mean, that's such a tepid kind of narrative, right? Or it's like very vague. That's all they have is vague narratives because they read headlines and they don't put any extra effort into learning anything. And they just use that to defend themselves. And I I really don't understand how they like sleep at night almost, you know, like, do they have no self-awareness? It really doesn't feel like they do. So I started talking to the guy who threw the event. And, you know, he was he was uh, nice enough. I know he's a chud just talking to him online. But, like, he he was like, oh, who, who are you with, you know? I'm thinking I was, like, some actual, like, reporter. I was like, oh, I'm just a dude. I just want to come talk to you guys. And so as I started talking to him, uh, more people started coming around wanting to throw in their two cents. And so eventually I had a crowd of, like, maybe, like, six people all standing within, like, a foot and a half of me. You know what I mean? Awesome. It's super cool, especially when they get heated and they're like right up in your face about it. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice. Like that one guy who was trying to like defend his ignorance of what aerosolized means. He was like right up on me with his phone, and I was like, "Okay, bro." Yeah, that's uh, you are being ironic, but you just don't know it. (laughs) I didn't realize how prominent Ben Shapiro really was. Like, I I always knew it's amazing. I knew he was a big conservative figure, but like I asked everybody, like, I was like, Oh, like if I want to learn more about this, who should I look up? Is there anybody you listen to? Um, and without, without fail, it was Ben Shapiro every time. Cause like, he's so well-spoken that people think he knows what he's talking about. It was crazy seeing all the children there that, that kind of really sucked. We don't have, you know, the left doesn't have enough kids. I mean, I've done my best. Uh, I can't, I can't be everywhere it's in my mind for sure it's definitely like do i really want to bring that much more like net suffering to the world and the answer is no you know i i mean i i believe it but in the in the other part of that argument of no well the left has to be having kids like plenty of those kids will go left uh that is that's how it works that's how history Mm -hmm. works it seems like that when you when you show up at, or when I see people, when I see these videos, and I think some of them are really well done, as you said, of folks showing up and asking questions and stuff. I mean, it's sort of that, uh, you know, quantum kind of observer changes the observed, right? Mm-hmm. So like they're going to perform uh, in front of your camera, your recording device or whatever. So, so you don't really know if you're getting them in your natural invite in their natural environment because you're sort of violating the prime directive oh yeah um that was definitely what i was uh i had at the forefront of my mind going into it um there's this one guy uh hassan piker hasanabi on uh twitch or wherever he is 
uh, he had a really cool video where he went to this uh, QAnon rally. And uh, I don't know how he does it so well, but he can just like talk to these people and joke with them and make them feel like he's like, is this guy on my side? So then they like, they seem to open up more and get like more honest. And they really delve into like their deeper beliefs, like the really crazy stuff. And that's what I really wanted to try to tap into. Um, but I mean, I, I'm just too confrontational. If someone says some really stupid shit, I'm, I have to say something. Or even if you don't say something, they can tell that you are disgusted with what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it's... another tough one. I rolled my eyes a lot and I was like, oh, you're not doing good. Oh, no. <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, this is not working out the way that I want because of who I am as a person. Yeah, and it was, like, another thing that I really, uh, I didn't take into account was, like, how stuck you can get just talking to one person. Like, I mean, I, I think I said I was there for, like, 30 minutes, but I think it was, like, 45, 50 minutes. And I, I think probably 30, 25 of it was spent talking to one guy because he was just, like, he was just ready to throw out all of his talking points. You know what I mean? Was he aerosol and, guy or was this? No, it was a different guy. So I kind of just went to each person one by one as they, like, brought up points and, like, people would just walk away or they were joined back into the group. Uh, but eventually it just got down to me and this one guy. Um, and I was just like, I need to get away from him. But like, this is like, he's working with me, you know, and that's, it's better than walking up to some random person. I got to get that confidence down, you know, uh, I'm talking to you um, at uh, about three 30 on Tuesday. Um, so as, as we know, um, they're, they're, you know, wrapping up uh, the, uh, the election thing. Um, and so, I mean, do you feel like, um, how is this experience going to feel, uh, you know, coming on the other side and kind of knowing what the, what, what the outcome is or what it might likely be? Uh, I have no, cause I'll tell you, I have no idea. Like my whole, <laughs> like any kind of, I I'm so skeptical of any predictions at this point oh yeah it's it's it I feels literally no... impossible to predict those. yeah yeah like because it's going to come down to what like florida voters and pennsylvania voters something like that it's definitely i it, it seems like whatever it comes down to like the more i think about it the more i i get to a point where i'm at this well that question could be answered either way or that you know you know, it's mm -hmm. always some factor when, you know, it might be a state, a particular state, uh, or it might be um, whether, you know, like um, whether th when things are called, because uh, he's going to try to gum it all up. Oh, I, I am. The one thing I'm sure of uh, is that at any point, if Trump takes the lead, he's going to call victory. Like he's going to try to Al Gore uh biden and i just think i'm worried the democratic party is going to just roll over and take it because honestly like it's all performative politics for them they really don't have to put somebody strong in power because their their interests are going to be for uh you know upheld going forward no matter what and like that's why they put joe biden in uh mm -hmm. it was a very weak candidate they forced him on us because they really don't care what the outcome is going to be so that's my biggest fear is that Trump is going to bully them into just giving him the election, of course, with the uh, Supreme Court's help, you know. Well, and what you what you experienced interpersonally is uh, a group of people who are likely to take that direction and internalize whatever it is that Trump says and oh, yeah. 
you know, what you saw was their, their thought process at work, which is mm-hmm. just really this, you know, this um, continual effort to justify whatever it is they think that they're supposed to believe that's it, to be in line with, you know, with Trump and Trumpism. Um, and so that's the mentality of that side in a, in a scenario where he gets on TV and says, I won and they're trying to take this away from me. That's, that's where the real conflict is going to come from, you know, with all these jokes about civil war or whatever, it's going to come like, not from the decision of the election, but from like Trump just saying like, look, they're trying to steal it from me. And I, I see that going really badly. My, my, my approach when I talk to these people is I try to, like I said, avoid as many dog whistles or like leftist dog whistles or buzzwords as possible. Um, and I just try to talk to them about like what their beliefs are, like what their interests are, like what they really like, what is important to them. And I try to meet them on like a common ground. You know, I'm like, well, you know, we are the working class. We are like paying more in taxes. Like, uh, shouldn't these people be paying their fair share? Uh, and like the mindset really is like, I'm as long as me and mine are good, like fuck everybody else, you know? And it's like, if you, you got to think of it as like, are you paying for poor people or are you poor people who are going to be like uh, benefiting from these things? Cause it's like, they, you know, how the saying where it's like, you're infinitely closer to being homeless than a billionaire. Right. But right. they don't really, they don't have that thought internalized on any level. I, the, the thing that gets me is that they have this idea of where, yeah, you're right. They talk about the elites, but to them, the elites are pro athletes or actors or musicians. They're not, they don't have the scope of thinking about elites as in billionaires and the harm that even being a billionaire does to the rest of us as a whole, you know? Um, Trump supporters always have more energy than I can understand. So I may be wrong, but they will definitely take it as gospel. That's what I've learned is that no matter what narrative comes out of any right media, uh, that that is truth to them. There is no free thinking at all. They only look for like affirmation on what they already think is true. They and yeah, yeah, but we already all know that. Yeah. Yeah. But you sound, I mean, like when I try to say that, I feel like I sound like I'm being unreasonable because, you know, someone might say that just about a leader or a politician they disagree with, but it's like, no, I've been in these conversations. They, the arguments really are content free and they really are just repeating talking points and they really will stretch and bend in the most unusual ways in order to make shit consistent. Uh, one of the, one of the big things I just remembered is uh, definitions. They love to start off with like, well, the de- definition of blank is, and they'll try to make that like the end all be all thing to their argument. Like, Oh, checkmate socialist. Right. Like, I am very clever. Yeah. Merriam-Webster says... Tyler, I really appreciate it. We'll definitely... We should definitely have you back and we can uh, talk about some other stuff. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. Hey, everybody. Uh, We're out here. Jason and I are out here fixing uh, the refugee chicken coop. These are where we 
take in uh, chickens that people bring us, sometimes from town, sometimes roosters because you can't have roosters in city limits. Other times, just the other day, somebody passed away and we ended up using, uh, they ended up utilizing our refugee chicken services. Anyway, we've got this small coop and it needs repairs and it's out here, it's desolate and windy and on the high plains. And I said to, I said to Jason, do you ever feel like we're on Mars? And Jason said, where's the shit potatoes? Chicken, why do you hold on to your fleshy, bloody bag of body? It's time, chicken. It's, we're doing chicken-tasm. I am uh, finished stapling the main breach, which was the wall, a sort of wall of the, a netting wall of the coop, which I just used an ordinary stapler, staple gun for, not an ordinary stapler, like an office stapler, but rather a, a nice uh, channel lock, uh, 18 gauge, 16 millimeter staple gun. I'm gonna do, I think I need to do a little bit on the top there, or do something to reinforce that. I'm gonna see if I can staple it, but I might need to do something else. Yeah, it's not quite, space on it is not and put a staple in there but it's not going to hold permanently it's a little well, the roof is just these shingles there and in the meantime the bottom of the coop which is a raised small raised coop had had sunk down because the, uh, the sort of tray that is the floor, so you can clean out the coop. It's supposed to be easy to clean out. And that had uh, had sunk, and Jason's fixing that now. And then I've got another piece of flooring. I've got another piece of flooring to fix. Not flooring, but along the floor it's a another chicken wire wall that has a little breach in it having repaired the flooring we are now seeing if the ledges the little wooden ledges on each side of the floor area will adequately hold the, the flooring Yeah. Let me get the door out of the way here. Yeah. That's part of the problem. 
can just slide it the rest of the way in there and see it's in all the way. It feels solid to me and the other side of it is on this other ledge and there's only going to be three chickens in there. I mean, I think that's why it's not right. exactly industrial strength to begin with. Exactly. If I um, wanted to house more, I could make it stronger, but that would require a, a build out and the ability to bend down and see what the hell's going on. Well, or I had temporarily put a bucket underneath it oh, yeah. to hold it up, but, um, you know, it wasn't really doing the job anyway. So Exactly. But, if no, we'll... I could put a cross beam and a pole. We'll see how it goes. So here's the other thing that I think we might need a piece of wood for, and that is this... Um, this thing should be shut. Right, it's not locked. It's not... Okay, so there is a lock over there, huh? Yes, okay. there is, and now it's locked. Okay, so... There should be one on that side as well. There should be one on that side, too, and then the, the challenge, of course, there. is reaching there or, some, or otherwise pulling it there. We've got all these roots, too, that are kind of... In the way from the... In the way and blocking weed. the way. Yeah, I can't get back there. You'll have to... No, you can't. <laughs> you can't get back there, but... Like, Maybe Derek on a ladder? <laughs> no, it would be... See, the... If you went in here, and I bet that somebody could, I bet I could try to do that. Let me first clear this, uh, all this debris. And all Wait, this actually, shit. you might be able to get a, um, enough fingers through one of these at the bottom. That's the, that's my plan. Yeah, don't ask me to do it. I can't kneel, but I would and think then, that your fingers would fit, or somebody with so that's pretty very small fingers, there. like Abby or Noah, could probably get her hand. Well, right the question there. is actually also whether you can shove that fencing push that fencing forward because if if i can then i can do it so i guess i'm going to try to do that yeah and get that piece of plastic out of the way it's in front of the gate here right yeah just move that trash out yeah and you should be able to get in there there's just this constant stream of debris that comes in would you in here like well if you didn't no. have a gut you like can't. me but I know Derek could fit back there. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't do it. Yeah, there's no way you can fit. fit. If you try, I am a hill giant, that. and that is not where hill giants go. But I can try to. I think I'll try to shimmy around and okay. do it from the other side. Is there anything else on this? And thing so that? it goes. Um, it needed to be fixed. I don't think so. Okay. So I wasn't planning on doing this today because I'm going to do one good thing, one good deed a day. But the next step is to figure out how to seal the back end of the coop to prevent them. Since we're no longer relying on this. From escaping. Yeah, Derek and I can do that. And we're going to get on that, actually. I think he had to work a 13-hour shift last night. I know he did. And, and so... And that's fine. So here's what I'm... So here's what I'm curious about. How quickly could something workable be... I'll have Derek pound in a T-pole, and we've got some chicken wire, and it, could, it shouldn't, in theory, take more than an hour. So it could be done this week? Yeah. I will make sure that it's on Derek and my calendar, because it's supposed to be nice all week. Uh-huh. And because uh, he just needs to pound in a, a T-post, and then we just need to stretch some chicken wire, bailing wire it up, um, you know, maybe find a, a stray pallet or two. Mm -hmm. uh, just to give it some more structure right there in the middle. I mean, that would solve all of our problems and also solve them, you know, semi-permanently. Right. 
Right, I mean, we might just use those two old shitty pallets from the back and just set them up and uh, nail them together so they can create a solid structure to put chicken wire over. Cool. And then that way they won't get out little priors. Operation Chickens on the Surface of Mars continues. And it's going to be nice all week, so we should be good to go. Patreon.com slash Solidarity House ensures that we can deliver this content to the public for free. Heal each other.